Welcome back to Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff and I'm a paediatric oncologist. And today I want to talk about drugs that we use to try to decrease nausea and vomiting that's occurring as a side effect with chemotherapy. So listen to my earlier episodes on chemotherapy to get some sense of what chemotherapy is about. But it is a fact that a number of the chemotherapy drugs we use are very good for curing leukemia or cancer, but they can cause nausea and vomiting. They make kids feel sick. And we all know how miserable it feels to feel nauseated and to be vomiting. And apart from being a miserable process, if the nausea and vomiting is severe enough and we can't eat or drink enough, well, we can become dehydrated and our nutritional state can suffer. And all of these things are very undesirable. Now, not all chemotherapy drugs cause nausea and vomiting. There are some drugs that don't cause it at all. And then there are some drugs that cause it in very severe fashion. So you really need to know what chemotherapy drugs we're talking about to work out, well, what is the risk of nausea and vomiting occurring. Now, the worst drug of them all, if you ask me, is cisplatinum. Cisplatinum is used in neuroblastoma, osteogenic sarcoma, some of the brain tumours, some of the germ cell tumours. It's used mostly in those sort of solid tumours. Don't tend to use it in leukaemia. That's cisplatinum. And it's about the worst of them. And cisplatinum's nausea and vomiting can even last into the next week. But there's a number of other drugs that are pretty bad for causing nausea and vomiting. Cyclophosphamide, iphosphamide, doxorubicin, dornorubicin, cytosine, arabinoside, also called aracy. There's a whole lot of drugs that have this problem. So when we're giving these drugs, very often we will, as a routine, give some medicines to try to reduce the severity of nausea and vomiting or try to eliminate it altogether. So when we're giving cisplatinum, for instance, every patient is going to be given some sort of medication to try to stop nausea and vomiting. So let's talk about the drugs that can be used. And the drugs we rely on most commonly are a family of drugs called the serotonin antagonists or the serotonin inhibitors. Serotonin also goes by the name 5-HT, by the way. But chemotherapy causes you to release this serotonin stuff from your body and then it travels to your brain and it makes you feel terribly sick. So the invention of the serotonin blockers was really fantastic. And in particular, we're talking about a drug called Ondansetron. There's one called Tropicetron. There's one called Granicetron. And there's probably five or six others by now. They've got different trade names. One of them, Ondansetron, goes by a trade name Zofran. One of the others is called Kytril, K-Y-T-R-I-L. But these are really the drugs that we rely on the most for preventing nausea and vomiting. So Ondansetron, Granicetron, Tropicetron, they're the ones we rely on most. So just to talk about Ondansetron, it comes as a tablet... It comes as a wafer. So a wafer is something that you just have to put in the side of your mouth and it sort of falls apart so you don't even have to swallow a tablet. Because if you're feeling sick, it might be if you try to swallow a tablet, you'll just vomit it back up again. So there's a wafer that'll just sort of dissolve in your mouth and 
trickle down your throat as just a few drops. On Dancitron comes as a liquid and it comes as a formulation that we can give into the vein. So there's different ways to give on Dancitron and these other drugs. So usually we'll give a dose intravenously before we give one of these bad chemotherapy drugs. And then the patient might go home, and if they do, then they can continue to take Ondansetron or one of the others. With Ondansetron, we give it about every eight hours at home until they don't seem to be feeling sick anymore. Some patients need to stay in hospital because we know the nausea and vomiting might be severe and they might receive the drug intravenously around the clock, say every eight hours. Now there are some other schedules with Ondansetron. There are dosing schedules where they give one whopping big dose at the start and then you don't have to give it every eight hours. So there's different ways of doing it. Now those drugs used to be incredibly expensive. There was a time when Ondansetron was something like $20 a tablet, I seem to recall. I don't know if they're still as expensive because there's a bunch of competing drugs in the market now and so that can keep the price down and also sometimes patents wear out on drugs and so that brings the price down. But they were really expensive and I know that many hospitals will limit how many tablets they'll give a particular patient to go home with. They won't just give you a bottle of 100 tablets because it's really expensive. They might limit it to, I don't know, 10 tablets or 7-day supply or something like that. I find this class of drugs to be really good as far as not having too many side effects of their own. I'm sure they have side effects, but mostly I find them to be incredibly good drugs. Some people, I think, get a headache. Some people might get a bit sleepy with them. I'd have to check all the fine print for other side effects that occur, but really they've been real wonder drugs since they were invented. Now even with these drugs, sometimes they're not enough. Sometimes we have to give other drugs, particularly with those chemotherapy drugs like cisplatinum that are the worst offenders for causing nausea and vomiting. So if ondansetron isn't enough, oftentimes we'll have to give something else. So the something else. Well, there's a drug called metoclopramide, and it goes by the old-fashioned trade name was Maxilon. That's one we rely on a lot, Maxilon. It's a much more old-fashioned drug. Parents sometimes think when we give the Maxilon that uh, we just started with the basic drug and now we're giving the wonder drug. Well, that ain't the case. Ondansetron's the wonder drug. Maxilon's something that we can add in to try to improve things, but it's really the old-fashioned drug, Maxilon. So in America, they don't tend to use metoclopramide or Maxilon as much. It seems they rely on something called Phenergan, P-H-E-N-E-R-G-A-N, Phenergan, and they even don't pronounce that the same way as we do. They call it Phenergan, Phenergan. It's funny, in Australia when we use Phenergan or Phenergan, we're mostly using it as an antihistamine to prevent allergic symptoms, rashes, hives, things like that. But in America, they tend to think of Phenergan as an anti-vomiting drug. And it is. It's a legitimate anti-vomiting drug. It's in the same family of drugs as Maxlon. But anyway, that's just how they do things. So Phenergan or Phenergan or metoclopramide Maxilon, they're drugs that you can add to the use of Ondansetron or Granacetron or whichever one you're using. You've got to be careful with these drugs. Smaller children have a risk of something called an acute dystonic reaction when you give them Maxilon. It's a funny reaction. It's um, They sort of tend to get some cramping, twisting, 
posturing of the neck and so on and looks really weird it looks like you know some sort of weird sort of epileptic seizure almost though they're normally wide awake through it anyway it's something that occurs in children particularly in younger children and there's a quick fix antidote if you see it and recognize it you just have to give a shot of a drug called cogentin also called benztropine and that fixes it now we don't see it that often and we use plenty of these drugs but we do have to watch out for it Beyond that, there's even other drugs we can use to add to the combination if we're still in trouble. There's a drug called cyclozine that we've been using and adding to the combination. There's a drug called Largactyl. Largactyl's in the same family as Phenigan and Maxilon. Um, in fact, Largactyl's used for acute schizophrenia, but it happens to also help to prevent vomiting. I should mention, I forgot to mention before, sorry, that Phenergan and Largactyl, that family of drugs can actually be a bit more sedating. Ondansetron doesn't tend to make patients very sleepy, but Maxilon might and Phenergan certainly does. That can really bomb you out. There's a drug called Valergan that's often used deliberately for sedating children. I've got a sneaking suspicion that some parents use it on long aeroplane flights to help their children to sleep, but you didn't hear that from me. There's another drug called EMEND, E-M-E-N-D. This is a newer drug and it's a pretty good drug. It tends to be given just for like three doses as part of a course of EMEND. Um, I haven't used it that much, but we certainly use it a bit. EMEND. Now there's another option. There's a drug called Lorazepam. You might have heard of Diazepam and Oxazepam. They're a family of drug called the Benzodiazepines. So diazepam is Valium and, uh, you know, it's been used as a sleeping pill or a sedative or an anti-anxiety drug. Well, lorazepam is in that family. It's commonly called Ativan, by the way, lorazepam or Ativan. It's in that same family of drugs, these benzodiazepines, and so it will make a patient sleepy. But it has a genuine effect also in reducing vomiting. So it's often a good one if... We're really struggling to control nausea and vomiting. It's often a good one to give, particularly at night, because it's going to make the patient sleepy. Or even if we have to give it in the day, a lot of patients will tell you they'd rather be bombed out and not vomiting than wide awake and vomiting. So lorazepam might be used. Another one that can be used is high-dose dexamethasone. So dexamethasone is one of the steroid drugs it's like prednisone and hydrocortisone. We're giving those drugs a lot to treat leukemia and lymphoma, but high-dose dexamethasone also can work to reduce nausea and vomiting. And so, for instance, we might give an intravenous big high dose right at the start of chemotherapy, and sometimes we might give it the next day and the next day as well. Don't like to just keep on giving a lot of steroids. After a while, you get side effects from steroids. You can get high blood pressure and put on weight and it can sort of mess with your head a bit. Some patients become quite grumpy or irritable. But a couple of doses of high-dose steroids can be used. Now, the one place where you've got to be careful when you're using high-dose dexamethasone is when you're treating brain tumours. High-dose dexamethasone can actually interfere with drugs getting into the brain tumour. So we don't like to use high-dose dex too much when we're treating a brain tumour but it is something that can also be added to the combination. So oftentimes we'll have 
what you call a cascade. We'll start with Ondansetron, and then if we have to add in some Maxilon, we might, and then if we're still in trouble, we might add in Cyclozine or Lorazepam or consider high-dose dexamethasone. Now, a lot of patients aren't going to have this terrible a time of it with nausea and vomiting, so don't let me totally freak you out thinking that this is going to happen to all patients. But there are some of the drugs that are pretty bad, and normally if we're escalating up that schedule of one drug being added to another and to another, we're normally talking about patients who are in hospital and on a drip and so on. Most of the time, if patients are being managed at home, we can normally get by with Ondansetron or maybe Ondansetron and Maxilon, that sort of a combination. So it's not often that we have patients on four and five different vomiting drugs at home. Mostly we're talking about patients who are in hospital by the time we get to that stage. Anyway, that's my brief rundown on the drugs we use to try to control nausea and vomiting while we're giving chemotherapy. I hope that's been helpful for you. Thanks again for listening in to Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.